All right, and welcome back to another episode of the State of Sports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Leong. I'm Nick Riccario. I'm Mac Dolphy. And I'm Peyton Smith. And today we are breaking down the where we are in the MLB playoffs. The wildcard series have officially finished up, and we are going to talk about the National League Division Series that is imminent. It's coming up, so um, let's get started. All right, boys. So, really interesting wild card series. I know if you were listening, if any of you listening now were listening to our preview of the playoffs, you saw and heard all of our predictions. Some of us got some right on the head, hit the nail right on the head. Some of us failed miserably. And I'm talking to myself um, specifically. Um, but let's break it down. So, the first American, we'll start in the American League and we'll move to the National League. So, the first. Um, series we're going to discuss is the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. Boys, are we surprised? Honestly, no. I think we all pretty much got these ones straight on. I mean, I, don't, I think other than the, the, the series ending scores, I think we were all dead on. I really expected Cleveland to be able to take at least a game off the Yankees, but it's kind of upsetting that that didn't happen. But, I mean... We all expected this, and it's another great battle of pitchers versus hitters once again. I seriously can't wait for this one. This is going to be good. Yeah, I got to agree. Um, in terms of predictions, I think we were on, but in just terms of scores, like I considered Cleveland probably like – I think Cleveland-New uh, York was a coin toss for me. I thought New York um, just because I thought Garrett Cole would get the job done compared to Shane Bieber. Um, but, yeah, Tampa Bay, easy 2-0. Against, oh. oh, against the Blue Jays. That was. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> no, um, not really. This kind of went exactly how I thought it would. Um, yeah, not much. I mean, I couldn't really predict much of the scores, at least. But it was kind of easy to see both the, the series going that way, at least. So I really have nothing more to say on it than that. Yeah, absolutely. I think... I think um, what was crazy is, like, the most – I think it was on day one, the first day of the postseason, like, the most runs scored in the early innings were by this – in this this first game, which was hilarious because this was the marquee matchup of virtually the entire playoffs in terms of pitching. You know, Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, and there were so many runs scored in this game early on in the freaking game one, and, yeah, the Yankees took it handedly. Um Real quick pred- predictions on this series, this impending series coming up with the Rays and Yankees. Does anyone have any quick hot takes? Anyone really strongly leaning towards a certain team? Strongly leaning? No, not really. Uh, 3-2 Rays. Uh, Padres bias is there Ooh. for sure because I don't like the Yankees. Um, but you also have to think <laughs> that... Yeah, you have to think, okay... <laughs> Sure, the Yankees prove that they can hit homers outside of Yankee Stadium and the short porch, um, but I like Tampa Bay's pitching. Um, they're in Petco Park, so pretty much everywhere, even though it is um, not super deep in any particular direction. Um, it also means that there's no shortcuts on anywhere of the field, so they really got to get some good contact to get it out of there, but I, I like Tampa Bay 3-2. Oh, I... Like I said in the other one, it's hard going up against the Yankees in the playoffs, man. Like, it's as much as you'd love to see the Yankees get taken out, Tampa Bay may be that team. 
they they may have the pitching talent to do it. And that's what it's going to take to beat the Yankees. I mean, geez, through their throughout their lineup, throughout their postseason history, that's what they've been known for is just, you know, run support their way through every series. But if they can find a way to if Tampa Bay, that is, can find a way to keep the runs low, then maybe they have a chance. But right now I'm still leaning towards the Yankees, so I'll say I'll go in the opposite direction. I'll say three two Yankees. I'm going to piggyback off of Peyton's take on this one. I'm also going 3-2 Yankees. And just for the sole reason that while I definitely believe Tampa Bay's pitching core is overall better, I don't think it's as much better as we're making it out to be. Um, They're obviously, in my opinion, Tampa Bay has the best pitching core in the league. But again, the run support concerns me. You know, it's tough to gauge how well they're doing in these playoffs based off of their previous opponent in the Blue Jays. You know, it's kind of an inexperienced team, so... It was a good warm-up for them, but it's definitely not tough competition. And in my opinion, definitely nowhere near as tough a competition as the Indians were for the Yankees. And although they also beat them 2 to nothing, I think it's kind of gotten them geared up a little better. And that's why, personally, I think the Yankees are going to have the edge in this one. I think the bats are going to continue to carry them through. Like Peyton said, they know how to run support their way through these games. And it's the playoffs, and the Yankees know what they're here to do. It's going to be a close one, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it to the Yankees. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I love riding high on Tampa Bay Ray teams just because, like, I've been riding high on them for a while since, like, you know, the David Pri- the early David Price days. But I think one thing that they that they have to keep in mind, the Rays going into the series, aside from, you know, really pitch, having their starting pitchers go deep into ballgames, is the fact that they have to flush out of their head the fact that they went 8-2 and two against the Yankees in the regular season. They have to completely flush that out. This is, this is just like how... Um, other teams that played each other, you know, other teams in this post in this postseason, you know, they have to completely flush out the regular season. And I think a lot of teams get caught up in thinking, oh, we're the regular season like that. We played so well against this team. We should just steamroll them when you have to flush that completely um, moving into the postseason. So my prediction is hopeful raise in. I want to get ambitious and say raise in four. But... Um, you know, I've been known to make some really hot takes and have not pan out, so um, I will do my safety pick, which is Yankees in five. Um, anyway, the next series in the American League, which I think is um, equally as hot, if not hotter, than the other series, the series we just talked about, is the Oakland Athletics against the Houston Astros. A series for the ages, given the history between these teams and the more recent history of the Houston Cheaters. So, um, any hot takes on, or any takes, just here, what are your takes in general on this series? Hey, I mean, I'm happy for the A's. <laughs> Got past the first round. Um, it was great. I mean, I just, this matchup within the division itself is crazy. Like, you can tell these two teams just don't like each other at all. And so that's what makes it even more elevated after all these, you know, cheater talks and whatnot. But like I said in the other episode, too, it's like, I really feel like the Astros are carrying that, you know, that that shit. Like, we are hated. So it's us against the world once again. And so that's what I think is fueling them throughout this playoff series. And I can still see that carrying on into this series against the A's, who historically have not been great against them in the playoffs. So, 
I want to say it's different this year, but I can't. It, it's right now I'm still leaning towards the Astros winning this series. So I don't, I don't want to say the amount of games. I want to say like maybe four, maybe four. Four games. So four games, but it, but it could be either way. Right. Yeah. All right. I seriously, seriously hate to do this because everyone knows the history I have with the Astros, but I got to say, like, I was dead wrong about them, especially coming up against the Twins. It didn't look like they were pretty much in any way challenged in that series. And the Athletics kind of, like, I mean, challenged is the wrong word to, 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 to use here, but they did drop a game to the White Sox. As you know, as, as cool as the White Sox were to watch, and as, as, as much as I know a lot of us here rooted for them, I don't think they're really top-tier competition, and I don't think the A's should have had that much trouble with them. So... This is probably going to be my hottest take of the whole night, but I'm taking the I'm taking the Astros to sweep this one. I think Ooh. Peyton's totally right about the chip on their shoulder thing, and I think the massive confidence boost that they just got from basically pantsing the Twins is is it's hard to overstate, honestly. And I think they're rolling into this one feeling super super confident. So that's my hot take. Uh there's very high plausibility. Uh, with that Houston sweep, I think if it gets if it's two zero quick, uh, or if it gets two zero, it's it's going to be a sweep. Um, I think A's and five is a safe pick for me. Um, you have to look at Houston. Sure, they have good starting pitching, um, good uh, three man rotation um, in terms of Granky McCullers, who's now healthy, um, Urquidy, who pitched um, the World Series or postseason last year for the Astros. Um, and that's fine. They have some decent um, fourth and fifth guys who can play long relief if need be, but their bullpen's not the best. I'm sure they don't have those names that jump out at you that say, hey, I can handle the big moment. Um, and I think the A's with the patient approach that they have, guys like Marcus Simeon, guys like Mark Canna, um, not, who am I thinking of? Who's their first baseman? Matt Olson. Matt Olson. Uh, guys like them, even without... Um, Matt Chapman, I really think that they can put in some good good at bats. Um, I know it's going to be tough to do against Grinky because Grinky's always pretty darn good, especially in the postseason. But if you can get McCullers and maybe Urakiti, just get get to the pen early, it'll make games really really long for uh, Dusty Baker and the Astros. So I think that um, I I take the A's and five solely because their approach at the plate has been so consistent this whole season, and um, there should be no reason why they should deviate from that going into the series. Whew, this is a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to take the A's here. Um, yes, I'm gonna admit, I'll admit it. I'm not a huge fan of the Astros, so I'll, I'll, I'll admit that as a bias. Got some ASMR going with Nick opening his can. <laughs> what, we, what is it? We're not sure. Um, but I, I just think that the A's, you know, they did get punched in the mouth in game one. You know, they ran into Lucas G, um, Giolito and... Just alive bats. I mean, freaking Adam Engel went yard to start the scoring for the White Sox. So, but I think that was kind of a. I would say a. A fluke, in my opinion, um, with Jesus Lazardo with the way he pitched. I think they'll be a lot more formidable um, against this Houston Astros team. I think the Houston Astro pitching um, is gonna really want. 
to try to get as deep into the ball game as possible. Because quite frankly, I don't fully trust their bullpen. Because their bullpen has been a hodgepodge of, of random dudes to pitch down the stretch. Um, shoot, I mean, in, even in the first game against Houston, um, they had to use their game two starter. They used Valdez. Valdez was supposed to start game two for them, but they used him out of the pen to neutralize the Minnesota bats because there are so many left-handed hitters in the in the um, in the Twins lineup and Valdez is a left-handed pitcher. Whereas the A's are pretty well balanced in their lineup, a lot of righties, some lefties here and there, a couple switch hitters. So I think the A's will take this in five, like when. I say A's in five, but I think it's going to be a very hard-fought series. I don't think they win game one, especially if it's going to be Granky, um, just because he doesn't give up runs in the postseason. But I think it'll be a very hard-fought series. So that's the American League. Um, the Rays and the Yankees and the Astros and, and the A's. Um, pretty much consensus, it, it'll be it's kind of split between... I mean, it's actually, well, it's, Yan- it's Yankees mostly on the, and then me hopefully hoping for the Rays and then, you know, two dudes, Astros, two dudes, A's for this series. Now we'll move over to the National League and we're going to save what I think is the marquee matchup of the postseason for the end because two, representative, two fan representatives of each team are here. But we'll go dive into what, what I would consider a kind of an interesting matchup between... Miami, the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves. It's kind of weird for me to say that the Miami Marlins are in the National League Division Series, but here they are. So, initial reactions to how both teams got here and predictions for the series. Boys. Wait, do you want analysis on how both teams got there? I mean, if you want, if you want to, I mean, honestly, oh, like, sure, uh, sure. Yeah, by, yeah, all, yeah. by all means, I'm willing to do it. Um, yeah. So first, I'd like to apologize for a bad, really bad hot take. Actually, it wasn't that bad of a hot take. No, your hot take was your hot take was your hot take was was the correct one. My, I'm the one who has to apologize for the hot take. What was your hot take? My hot take was the in, the the Reds would stomp the Braves. Oh, mine was that sweet, too. Didn't you? Mine was that too. Or did oh, I say the we both we both agreed that the Reds would stomp the Braves? No, no, it was opposing. It was opposing hot takes. It was opposing. I didn't say takes. the Braves. I didn't say the Braves. <laughs> oh, did itself. I say the Braves? Do I? Because I, I was I was a hundred percent on the Reds. Braves, I know that. Okay. Well, somebody. All, was, all I gotta say is <laughs> I was wrong about the Braves um, against the, <laughs> or wrong about the Reds against the Braves. Um, and to preface that. Um, they they probably should have won too well to be perfectly honest. Obviously, Trevor Bauer not getting the run support, and then Game Three, it just got away from them late. But um, can't do much about there. Um, offense didn't give you support, but that's that's uh, all the time we have for the Reds of this podcast. They obviously didn't make it this far. Um, <laughs> as you're saying, for the for the Braves, for the Braves, I just I just gotta call it like it is. The Reds didn't give run support to their uh, starting pitchers, um, and on the Braves side. They played two really good games. Pretty much pitched well. Um, guys out of the pen were effective. Um, Max Fried, game one, came out dominant. Um, obviously, he had a, a bit of uh, trouble early on in the game. Um, just managed it and was able to go, I think, six, seven strong for them. Um, Bats obviously didn't come alive in game one. Bats did uh, come up clutch in game two. Um, ends up sweeping the Reds. And then on the Marlins side, uh, two games at Wrigley. And I think, what, the Cubs only scored one run between them? Yep, that is correct. One run uh, in the I'm first not, game. 
I'm not sure if it's a fluke that the Cubs weren't that good. Um, obviously, they did win the Central, so that's something. But at the same time, you're thinking, man, the Marlins must be good because they just beat a, a division champion um, on their home field. Um, you can chalk it up to whatever you can for the Cubs, but the Marlins just are that good, whether you think it's superstition that, hey, they haven't lost a playoff series before um, or what. But, yeah, you just have to give props to where it's due. Um, guys, key, key guys around the lineup are producing. Um, Brian Cooper, um, uh, also uh, Brian Anderson. Um, you also have some young guys, uh, Jazz Chisholm, um, See, that's the thing. Even as a baseball fan, and we're pretty knowledgeable baseball fans, we don't even know the guys on the yeah. Marlins roster. <laughs> Obviously, I can go off on the pitching, and that's going to be um, this kind of the segue into my breakdown, I guess, of the series, is that I see, I see the Marlins really contending here. Um, it may be the safer play to go five for Braves because you have to think they got the vets, they have the young guys with a really, really star talent. But you can't sleep on this Marlins team. They've obviously made it this far for a reason. So you have to think, okay, what's that? Um, starting pitching. Um, Sandy Alcantara has looked great. Uh, he's, be, he's been able to locate his pitches. Um, walk rate's down. Uh, and then you have the rookie, uh, the one who Pedro Martinez on MLB Network said is the younger version of him, and that is uh, Sixto Sanchez. Um, first of all, awesome first name. Second of all, man, he's got some electric movement, um, two-seam slider change-up pitches that are all effective when i see his delivery he, he reminds me of a jake peavy type uh just kind of a little bit of a slinger and gets good movement off the ball um and then they got some good pieces in the pen uh brian kinsler um who saved it today um for the marlins you just have to think that hey if they can steal a game it's really going to be tough for the braves it's not going to be like oh we gave one it was just our off day no th- these marlins are legit for a reason um, but on the brave side, even though I am taking, uh, dude, I don't know, should I take it? No, okay, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, yeah, why not? Lock it in, lock it in. Lock Marlins in. in five. Marlins in five. Marlins in five. Ooh, oh my nice. gosh, he locked it in. Nice, nice, nice. A, a, you have to think. Okay, these guys have seen each other in division. Um, I'm not sure of their record against each other right now, but I can imagine that tensions are higher, um, more pressure. So it's going to be up to the key guys. And I think when you have a team like the Marlins who are playing with what's called house money, um, there's no pressure. No one expected them to go this far, so why can't they go farther? All the pressure now is on the Braves. They're like, okay, you beat this team. You beat the Reds, who were, oh, it's, I think, second in the Central. Um, you should be able to beat this team who who really shouldn't be there. They're just playing up. They're punching above their weight class. Um, just just like put them in their place where they were. Um, I feel like pressure is going to be on Freddie Freeman. You have to think is off, is going to have a productive, uh, season or productive series, but you also have to take into account, okay, uh, what's Marcelo Ozuna going to do? What's, uh, Adam Duvall going to do? What's Ronald Acuna Jr. going to do? What's Ozzy Albies going to do? I know it sounds like it's a long list of, um, household names when it comes to, uh, baseball players, but at the same time, these guys didn't get it done against the Reds. So what makes what makes you so sure that they can just flip it on now, even though uh, they're one more series uh, deep into the playoffs? So um, I like Marlins in five. I, I'm really rooting for them. Um, I, I like what they're doing. Um, and I'm sure the more they play, the more recognition, just their whole team, not just the young guys, but their whole team's going to get. And I feel like it's just going to be such a big boost for not only the the, the team, the, the club, the 25 players on the roster, but I think for the organization that's just kind of been scarred by the 
quote unquote fire sale of a bunch of guys. I think around 2015. But yeah, that's my pick. Uh, that's my pick. Uh, Marlins in five. Well, you know, I love to piggyback off of your guys' picks, and I'm going to do it again. I'm also taking the Marlins in five. And to answer your question from before, uh, their record against the Braves this season, Braves took six games, Marlins took four games. So pretty even, and there, actually. And, and there, but there was that 29-8, to 29-9 loss that they had. That's true. Yeah, the that Marlins is absolutely lost. true. <laughs> and that's always a possibility with the Marlins, and especially a, a young group of guys like this, but... I think Nick pretty much like perfectly summed it up. I don't even know what I could add. Like the Marlins are just such a fun team to root for after stomping the Cubs, which was so much fun to watch. I mean, I got all the faith in the world in these guys. Like their inexperience means nothing to them. I think they're totally fueled by the fact that they haven't been to the playoffs in so long. Um, Atlanta historically has been a really good team, of course, but you know, I kind of said it last time when we were talking about the, the, I think the Houston Astros series, I don't think the Reds really got them super prepared for what the Marlins are about to throw at them. You know, the Reds, did the Reds even score a run in the entirety of... Nope. Oh, the Braves. Yeah, the Braves that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you could either chalk that up to the Braves having a great pitching staff and just totally shutting down the Reds, or the Reds maybe just coming up a little bit short when it when it really mattered most. So... I'm personally rolling with the Marlins as well. I mean, like Nick said, how can you not root for these guys? Like, it's just great. And I'm still holding on to hope because, you know, as much as I don't want to see them come up against the Dodgers when they have all that momentum, like, I'm still of the mind that the Marlins have never lost when they've made it to the playoffs before. So I still don't see it happening yet. So I'm taking them. (laughs) It's prophecy for the Marlins. (laughs) Exactly. They were just, That's all I have to go for. On, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, Nick, you said a lot. So, I mean, a lot of that covered a good majority of it. So, like, yeah, I don't have much to say on it. But other than, yeah, like, after seeing the Marlins win it against my pick, now it's kind of like, like, I'm not even mad about it. But since they did just knock out my complete NL pick like that, I. I have to have some type of gripe with them, but uh, honestly, uh, other than the Marlins on the other side, all I got to say is about that other series, the Braves series, what, I mean, I was telling you guys about it. Man, I hate modern baseball. That was just so hard to watch, just listening to A-Rod talk about how n- nobody is trying to advance runners in a 0-0 game with bunting like <laughs> i understand a lot of those guys on the braves uh on the brave side um like like matt was saying like yeah they're hitters they can hit but at the same time it's like the little things about baseball like missing those sacrifice bunts just to move guys over in a scoring position and you know set up potential game winning hits just like that i mean it it simplifies the game a lot more but yeah, it's especially in zero zero games that go that long. You'd kind of hope to see it earlier on. So that's that's all I wanted to take away from that series because that was frustrating to watch. But in terms of predictions going into this next series, um, I guess I'll go against the Marlins just because I had to. I have to because they took out my first pick, <laughs> so <laughs> I have no other choice. Um, yeah, because I, I did call the Braves in the other series, too. So I'll continue the ride with them. Uh, I'll say Braves in... You know, I'll give them five. Say Braves in five. 
All right. I'm going to go Marlins in four. Wow. Um, I think they're going to, I think I the Braves it. are going to get, I think the Braves are going to get punched in the mouth by this one, two punch of Sandy Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez. These dudes are something else. Like the Sixto pitched game two and he went five innings, gave up four hits, struck out six and he walked two. He did not allow a run. And Sandy Alcantara allowed one run in his start. He went five innings, allowed one run on three hits. So, and that's, and, and, and it's like, you, you might chalk it like, oh, but the, he's not facing a real lineup. Like, no, this is a Cubs lineup that can produce. Now, granted, they're not all having their, their peak seasons, but they can produce at a high clip if played up to potential. And let's be honest here. The Braves, even though the Reds did not score a run, the Braves barely got out of game one. So... I'm not sold on, for me in person, I'm not sold on the Braves um, moving into the National League Division Series. They're really going to have to show me something with the bats early in game one to show me that they are ready to beat this Miami Marlins team. But as far as I can see from the previous series, they are not ready. So that's why I say Marlins in four. Okay. You have all been waiting, dear listeners. Two of our hosts have been waiting very patiently all podcasts for us to get to this point and let me just tell you this is i personally think this is an outside fans outsider fans a third-party fans position i think this is basically in my in my head the world series already in my opinion because these are the two best teams in the league and this is kind of like um you remember you guys remember like a couple years ago when the warriors played um the rockets in in like the, the, the Western Conference Finals, and it was like the two best teams, and you're like, it doesn't even matter who comes out of the East, the Warriors are going to beat them. Whoever comes out of the West is going to beat them too. It, it, this is, this is the, the finals, essentially. That's kind of how I feel about this series right here because both teams are so electric and very exciting, and I think this is it. So without further ado, we have the Yan- we have the Yankees. Oh my God, we have the Dodgers or the Yankees wow. of the West. The Yankees wow. of the West, or Tell me how you um, really feel. the Yankees of the West, the Dodgers, and the Padres. So I think Peyton and I should go first and let you two, Mac and Nick, hammer it out at the end. And so, and we're not gonna we, we can treat this like a you know we're gonna treat this like a real debate and topic you know you have to stay quiet when the other person's talking and so um anyway but Peyton and i will break it down really quickly so Peyton, are we surprised are we surprised by this no no (laughs) No. we're not surprised um what did you like from either one of these teams or both of these teams from their respective series honestly didn't even have to look at the dodger series did really like really just knew they were going to be in the next round honestly but on in terms of the Padres series like I was just more concerned about my that was my hot take where I said Tatis would have a three home run game he had a two home run he game. almost did he, he had a two did. home run game so I was I said the I said the Padres were gonna roll through that one so I was wrong on that part but I mean they still came out on top of the series so uh nonetheless so um Going into this matchup against each other, I'm sorry, Nick, you're gonna hate me, but I'm really thinking Dodgers in four. Like, I, I, it's 
it's too soon for the Padres, I should say. I Ooh, I, I don't know about that. Too okay. soon the, from the fact that they have to run into the Dodgers. That's why. Yeah, okay. It's, that's yeah, that's kind of fair. Too soon to run into the Dodgers. So it's – they definitely are, don't get me wrong, top five teams in baseball easy, top three. Um, but you're going up against probably – top two teams in baseball at the same time so and they are they've just been dominant i mean to, to keep it at that um it's it's gonna be hard for me to not see the dodgers advance to a national league you championship, know, series. championship yeah. series so yeah um so quick comments on both teams and then i'll let the, you two hammer it out the dodgers one thing you got to look at that you're really excited about: Clayton Kershaw pitched exceptionally well in game in game two. Um, pitched went eight innings, he struck out thirteen guys, and he did not allow a run. That has got to be something huge for Dodger fans. You just hope he keeps it up. That is the one fear that you have moving forward as a Dodger fan. Other than that, there's really not much to fear. The Padres, on the flip side, the Padres the Padre bats are alive. And that was evident. And, I, and I, my prediction actually came true. I said that they would get punched in the mouth in one of these games. I just didn't think it was going to be game one. But they got punched in the mouth. And Chris Paddock gave up a bunch of runs in the first inning. And that happened in game two, but their bats came alive. I said the bats would go quiet, and they kind of did early on for most of the first half of the game. Padre bats are alive. That's something to be really excited about if you're a Padre fan. What's concerning moving forward for the Padres is how are you going to address the starting pitching dilemma as you move forward because you had to use nine pitchers today, which is, you know, that's that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of arms, and you can't really do that in a five-game series. Throw nine guys in five straight games or however many games. You've got to figure out the arms. The arms have to figure it out. Make it at least to the fourth inning before you start giving up runs because, like we said, like I said at last podcast, the Dodgers made baseball games before an inning game. My prediction, I will not, I cannot say with certainty um, who will win because I like both, of th- I, I, I like the talent level on both teams. Not to say I like both teams, but yeah, I like the talent level. Say. I want to make that very clear. I like the talent level on both teams. So, But I will say that it will be a four-game series either way. And that's my take. Okay. All right, boys. Peyton and I are just going to mute our mics and let you guys hammer it out, so have at it. (laughs) Nick, you want to go first? Uh, No, I'll let you go first. You're the the quote-unquote favorite, so you'll get your first shot. Yeah, we're the favorites, and uh, you're right. We definitely should be the favorites. Um, uh, Again, Matt did a great job of of pretty much summing this one up. Um, Clayton Kershaw, I just want to say all the postseason failures that he's had, all the times that I've looked at the screen – and seeing this man give up a home run to a Houston Astros player or whoever it may be, almost all of it was eradicated off of just this single game, off of eight innings of scoreless work because, my goodness, was that beautiful to watch. Secondly, another thing I want to say is a big congratulations to the San Diego Padres for making it this far. Um, I obviously don't think you're going to be making it past this round, but – uh, good on you for getting past a St. Louis team with a bunch of really good vets on there. Uh, you know, they made it a series for you. They made it tough. It would have been tough for the Dodgers, but it was tough for you guys. So I understand that it was uh, a big accomplishment to get to this point of the playoffs. And uh, I absolutely respect that. Um, 
Tatis, of course, is always going to be a problem, as well as Manny Machado, as well as Cronenworth. San Diego has bats, and their bats are real. But like Matt said, their pitching leaves something to be desired, absolutely. And this is one of the first times in postseason history that I can remember for the Dodgers where I don't feel like sick to my stomach when I start thinking about anything other than like their three best starting pitchers. And I mean, even if you look at the three best starting pitchers, Walker Bueller looked great. Clayton Kershaw, like we said, looked amazing. And Julio Urias is a dude to look out for. I know he doesn't get a lot of name recognition outside of Dodgers fans, but he has been quietly putting together a really nice body of work uh, this season. And I think he's going to be a big key in the Dodgers winning this series. Uh, With all that being said, Dodgers in four. Okay. Okay. Um, First... It's, we're recording this what Friday, October second. It's like eleven o'clock right now. I'm still freaking over the moon. Like I, I, I guess I've like cooled down to an to an extent, but just to sum it up for the Padres fans that have been with this team through the lean years, whether you consider it um, early 2010s, uh, mid to late 2010s, which I consider the really really lean years. Um, Man, does it feel good. Uh, I, first, okay, I don't want to even address the Dodgers yet. I just want to shout out to like the whole team just to what it means for a fan um, bringing back meaningful, and not just a wild card game, meaningful uh, playoff baseball. That's, this means a, ser- a five-game series, seven-game series, whatever you have it. Just, at least this is not uh, one game, uh, three games. It's a long series. It's really going to show you who's the better team. Obviously, um, as we get into the series, uh, you're thinking, okay, from the Padres' perspective, um, yes, arms, um, pitching. How are we going to get length out of our guys? And that's going to be tough, especially even though you have young guys who pitched well, especially in this series like Luis Patino, uh, Adrian Morajone. Are those guys really going to get it done against the Dodgers? It's tough to say. Uh, I personally think Patino is a little bit rushed. Morahone, I think, is the more polished of the two, and I think you can definitely throw him, uh, depending on how uh, Dave Roberts throws um, throws out his lineup in terms of just um, stacking lefties, stacking righties, or mix, mixing and matching throughout the lineup, making it tough to kind of breeze through an inning for someone like a lefty like Morahone. Um, but on the injury side, you're thinking, okay, Mike Clevenger, a 99% chance he's not pitching for the rest of the season. Um, I've kind of put that out of my mind as a Padres fan. I'm thinking Denelson Lamette maybe game one that may be a little bit too too quick they did play catch today um sounds like they're decently on track to probably get him to play during this series so you're thinking maybe if you're considering the Padres going five which in ultimate it's going to be my prediction Denelson Lamette's probably going to go game two so what you're thinking here is either a you get Zach Davies game one because to be perfectly honest Chris Paddock is nothing but an egg layer against the Dodgers um, but at the same time, you're thinking, okay, we need, we need one game because you have to think, take into account injuries, the amount of fatigue, the amount of stress going on a bunch of these arms that Jace Tingler is masterfully, um, pulling the strings on as the manager of the Padres this year. You're thinking, okay, we just need to get some length. We need to get a game just in case our arms get tired and we just need to just let one game go. We need to get a buffer here and then play an even series from then on. Hopefully, Denelson Lamette is there for two of those five games. 
Um, that's all you can hope for. That's all you can hope for from a Padres fan. Because this was tough. This was a really, real grinded out series against the Cardinals. Um, and for those reasons is why I'm taking the Padres in five. It's Obviously, it's tough to go against probably the best team in baseball, the, the Dodgers. Why Why does uh, why not? Because A, they're healthy. B, the best pitcher for the past decade is playing like the pa- best pitcher for the past decade in Clayton Kershaw. And uh, C, they have a great lineup. Um, but at the same time, they haven't had to explode. They haven't, had, they haven't had to have a burst of offense. The burst of offense that has been so uh, characteristic of the San Diego Padres of the 2020 shortened season. Um, a team that has no quit, um, that was down, that was 10 outs away, down f- six runs. Four or runs. Down, no, four down runs. four runs. Down four runs to the Cardinals, 6-2. to two. Tatis hits a home run. Machado hits a home run. And now we're back. This team has incredible will. We're not like the Marlins where you have to say, oh, we're playing with house money because no one expected us to. We do have the marquee talent. Um, and we do have young guys who I believe personally are young enough, although young enough, um, have the moxie, the grit, are coached well by a great Padres coaching staff to play meaningful baseball in October, to play play the game the right way, play playoff baseball as it's meant to be played, a grinded out game um, where one swing of the bat can change a lot. I think these guys, um, the pressure has molded them to be able to come back. And you have to think, okay, they haven't faced, what, three great pitchers or five great pitchers like the Dodgers back to back to back to back to back. Um, We just, we've, in this two-game series or three-game series, we faced three great pitchers. And we've grinded it out every single time. Obviously, we didn't get the job done game one, but game two and three, we just got it done, plain and simple. And I think this Padres team has enough energy, and I think this is getting to my key point. We're not scared. Sure, we're four, against, four and six against the Dodgers in, uh, the se- in, this, in this shortened season. But, hey, just like the Marlins... What do we have to lose against? Obviously, we're not playing with house money, but what do we have to lose against a team that ha- that's had pressure on them, on them for the past, oh, I know, six to eight years? Um, they have so much more pressure. They are, there are so much more um, pressure riding on them. Sure, they do have young guys who haven't been through the ser- the season, uh, the seasons like uh, Clayton Kershaw, or like other guys like Justin Turner who haven't, who have consistently not been able to get it done, whether it's them or others in previous Dodger teams. But you're thinking, the Padres aren't scared. They're writing their own history. They're they're throwing out that the fact that it's been 22 years since we've been to a World Series. Um, we're we're playing as hard and as energetic, um, and especially the last two games in which we won, we've been playing smart baseball. We haven't been um, hurting ourselves like we were in Game One um, of the Wild Card Series. So. Padres in five. It's going to be a fun series, 100%. It's going to be the World Series, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you can't you have you can't uh, disrespect guys like the Rays and Yankees, who, in my opinion, are the best two teams in the West or in the the AL. Um, and you can't discount the Braves. Um, but I I think if the Padres, either team, um, once they get out of here, it sh- it it should all be downhill from there. It's like you're we've this series is going to be. 
I don't want I don't want to put all the expectation there because obviously when you put expectation, you're bound to um, be disappointed. But I'm hoping, and I'm sure Mac is hoping for two, just hoping for a classic series, one that will go down as like one of the greats, even though it's going to be a division series. You're just hoping that it's going to be one of these series that you look back on and like, dang, that's those are two great teams. Um, it's tough. I. I wish you could like equal success. Like, hey, you guys win one, we win one. But baseball's so volatile that you you, you just got to take um, whatever chance you get. And the Padres are going for the big kick. So let's hope we do. Th- let's hope they do that. So uh, go Padres in five. Wow. 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 That was beautiful. <laughs> both of you. Both of you. Dude, no, nah, Nick almost convinced me with that argument. That was <laughs> I, I I just I just had to I had to elaborate because yeah. It, a, you have to play for the importance of the fans. Like this, man. This, this is, this is like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, this is last, monumental. Last it's monumental. Night, it's monumental. Last night after Tatis hit his second shot, if uh, I, I was seriously considering getting a Tatis jersey, like seri- like this close. If they just had blowing $119 for the official. Jersey. No, ser- if they had the white pinstripe, because they only have the Machado white pinstripe, and I have a Machado uh, one from last year that was on discount because like the the uniforms are changing. I was like, if they had it for Tatis, like one thousand percent, I would have ordered it. Because I don't know, just seeing winning baseball in San Diego. Um, I don't know. It, it's something we haven't seen, and I can't remember the last time I felt like this pumped for not just the Padres, but just a sport in general in San for Diego. Baseball, so, yeah, yeah there, there's something about and That's your so your sick. your favorite sport and a team in your hometown doing um, great in your favorite sport. That that's that's definitely something. That hits you right in the field. So yeah. yeah, we've been there. Hey, we've been there. We've, <laughs> we've been, been there. there. Exactly. We've been there. We've Mac been and there. I are trying to reach that. You are, <laughs> exactly. Like, trust. We've been there. So that's why we wanted to give you guys this opportunity to, to hash it out. But I do want to do one more thing before we end the podcast. Um, so Nick knows this um, that I am someone for my own team and for some other teams. I quote unquote buy stock early on guys who I really think are going to do well and. You know, for me, the Giants this year, it was Mauricio Dubon, the rookie, who ended up having a very nice season. So we're going to do this just for this series because I'm really interested to know which player you really want to do well. Who are you buying stock on early on for this series? It could be Blue Chip. It could be like someone like for the Padres. It could be like Tatis or Machado. Or it could be, you know, what you would quote unquote call penny stocks like in the Dodgers case, like Julio Urias is like a penny stock in my opinion. And, and not to say like, oh, he's not good. It's just more of like he's not someone you think about who will make the giant impact, but he might be a series changer. So for you guys, who are you buying stock on for this series? Well, you kind of you kind of stole the one that I was going to say, so I'll give you two. Um, on the pitching side, Julio Urias for sure. Um, Blake Trinan would be a good second pick, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Julio Urias for this one. And... Uh, uh, on the bat side, you know, there's a lot of blue chip talent uh, on, on the Dodgers roster. I'm not going to lie to you. So it's kind of hard to find someone who who isn't really a big name and a guy with tons of pop-off potential. Um, but I'm going to go with the catcher, Will Smith. Uh, sneaky good with the bat in his hands. Uh, he's, he's hit a couple of really big home runs in big situations as well as gotten us over, you know, some humps where we've needed guys on base, and, and he's been the guy to get there. So those are my two guys, Julio Urias and Will Smith, the catcher. And Nick for the Padres. 
Who are we who, buying stock on for the Padres? Who are we buying stock on? Oof. Ah, I am going to say. I gotta go, Adrian Morahone. It's tough. He's a reliever. You don't know when he's gonna get some work in. But I personally think that of all, like of him and Patino, the young guys coming up through the farm for the Padres, that he's a really good arm. He's a lefty who's got three pitches that can work from time to time. Um, hopefully, you, you think he can find some consistency in this Dodgers series. Um, but he looked good game game uh, game three and game two as well. Just has a really good slider that the Cardinals just couldn't seem to lay off of. His fastball sings, um, just zips through the zone. I really like him on the pitching end, and I hope that you have to think, to be realistic, to be perfectly honest, that he's going to be leaned on um, to go two innings, maybe three of the games, um, or three innings, two of the games. You have to think that he's going to have to play a uh, crucial um, gap role. Say the starter can't go long, and you just have to make it long enough to get to your key arms in the bullpen. You're just hoping that some one guy, just one guy, can get you there, and you have to hope that Adrian Morhone um, can morph into that guy um, during this uh, series. And then from the bat side, I am going with the longest tenured Padre, the one who didn't play up to his contract until this year, and to be perfectly honest, the one who has deserved this success just as much as any of the other Padres has, and that is. You, my pick for NL Comeback Player of the Year in Will Myers. Um, man, it's it's been tough to see him ever since 2015 um, be on that team with um, Matt Kemp, Justin Upton, Derek Norris. Um, just, I know, that's, I know. <laughs> those that's, are some dark days. Those are some really dark, dark days, days, especially though. when the expectations got went way up and then all of our hearts went way down when they couldn't get it done in pitching. Or get it done thanks to the pitching. But um, I think he's deserved it more than anyone. And he's seen the Dodgers more often than not. And you have to think, okay, either A, that means the Dodgers have more success against him. Or B, that means just the Myers, has, Myers has a bunch of in-person film on these guys. Um, and you have to hope that um, Will Myers can be the San Diego hero um, for this series. Obviously, you're, you're thinking other guys, obviously... It's easy to say Tatis Machado, hell, even Cronenworth or Hosmer, but um, shoot, that's the freaking infield right there. But um, <laughs> I'm, I really like Will Myers. I want Will Myers to succeed in this series. I want him to prove that um, he's worth every penny that the Padres given him. All right. Well, um, to quote the Giants broadcaster Mike Kruko, if someone's got, if someone isn't faring well against a team, you know, that means. He's due. Anyway, um, and it's kind of funny because you guys picked two le- two left-handed pitchers and two guys named Will. So yeah, we'll see what say, happens. It's a battle of the um, wills. It's battle of the wills and battle of the lefties. So we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for listening again to the State of Sports podcast. Shout out to all of the fans for all the teams out there, specifically our Padre and Dodger fans. Um, good luck to you all emotionally throughout the series. Um, I know it's going to be a wild one. So um, with that said... Um, my name is Matt Leong. I'm Nick Ricario. I'm Mac Dolphy. And I'm Peyton Smith. And you're listening to the State of Sports Podcast. We will see you on the next one. Peace, guys. Later.
Hey everyone, it's Nick from State of Sports. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the State of Sports Podcast. If you don't already know, we are on all of your podcast streaming platforms. That means Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, just to name a few. Um, if you're on Apple, make sure just to give us that five-star rating. Um, it really helps us expand this podcast that much further. Um, don't forget to check us out on social media. That means at State of Sports Pod on Instagram, at State of Sports SD on Twitter, and we have a YouTube channel, State of Sports. Um, that's right, so for those who are on YouTube, already thanks for watching um and those who aren't make sure to give us the like comment subscribe you know the whole bit um make sure to turn on those post notifications too um just to give you guys a heads up of when we post um and lastly don't forget to send us your comments uh we always want to improve as a podcast so your feedback is always greatly appreciated so once again this is nick from state sports we'll see you in the next one peace